Hey, church, y'all ready? Y'all ready? Let's stand, come on. Join that team. You too can sweat. 
and give glory to the Lord. So we can get you hooked up at the Connect table if you want to want to be a part of that. Hey, if you're joining us online for the very first time, or maybe you're in this room for the very first time, welcome home. Guys, this is who we are. We are a happy people because we know that we have Jesus, and we're so thankful for that. So we're so glad that you're in the room with us today. You can grab this Connect card. If you're online, our host will push this to you in the comments. If you're in the room, you can grab this on your way out of those doors today. Fill it out. Tell us you were here. Allow us to learn your name. Stop by the Connect table, meet one of our team members, and allow them to begin getting to know you and walking alongside you in your journey of faith. I've got one quick announcement for us. If you are the parent of a GC kid, okay, our upcoming kindergartners through fifth graders, we are hosting our very first Bible boot camp this summer for our school-age kids, and we are pumped about it. Amen. That's happening July 19th through the 22nd, and registration opens up today. So you can get your student, your kiddo, registered today at the table in the foyer, in the GC Kids foyer, or online at thegracechurch.net slash Bible Bootcamp. We are so excited for this opportunity for our kids. But today, we are excited about what's happening in the house, in this room, down there in our GC Kids, as we are lifting high the name of Jesus. So let's give it all we've got this morning, leaving everything out for the Lord. Come on, friends, let's do it today. In the morning you sing over me, and I receive your mercy. is clear to see it's constant every day sing in the morning in the morning you sing over me and I receive your mercy your faithfulness is clear to see like the sunrise, it's constant every day. Every breath I breathe, an invitation to believe you are
Easter. It's Easter. We didn't know it. Oh, it snuck up on me this year. Easter just snuck right up on me. Give me about 10 seconds. Give me about 10. Oh, man. I love it. It's beautiful. Beautiful. Oh, man, that's fun. I like that song. I don't know if you can tell. Man, I just, it, it's just, it, it's, it's this way 9 o'clock too, right? I mean, it just feels like there's so much energy. Um, maybe it's because we ended the Rona. We just called that thing off. I, I don't I guess. I mean, I don't know what happened, but it's just, it's amazing. Um, we're going to need three services, though, now that I'm looking at the crowd. <laughs> so next week, we'll have new service times. Oh, man, what a joy to be in God's house together. Y'all pray with me. God, we love you so much. Lord, thank you so much. God, thank you for this, um, that we get to be here together with you. Um, God, that we get to smile. It's so weird. Like, I think so often we forget you invented that. You invented smile. I bet that was a fun day. God, you're just good and you're kind. You love us. You're not bound by our opinions or our ideas or what sort of sticker we have on our door or whatever. You're just God, and you're, and you're bigger, and you're greater, and you're more amazing. And so we should celebrate like this every time. I, 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 don't, know. I don't know. We should because you're worthy. You're worthy. And we're joining in with all of creation, everything in creation. God, it's funny, you, you, you said, if we don't sing you, the stones will cry out. If we don't praise you, rocks will praise you. We're going to do our job today so the rocks don't have to. They can take the day off. God, just thank you. Thank you for the way you've moved through 9 o'clock and the way you've moved through the music and the way you're moving through the, the kids' stuff back there and the way you move through students on Wednesday night. God, you're all over this place. Now just move through me or around me or in spite of me or whatever you want to do. Just don't let me get in the way. Uh, God, I thank you so much. I love you. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Oh, man. So many people. All right. Well, my name is Tommy. Hey, how's it going? I'm the pastor of this particular establishment. Uh, I was talking to a friend of mine last week, and she was making fun of me. She was like, I don't think you need to introduce yourself every Sunday anymore. They know. But I was like, you know what? My hope is every Sunday there's someone new here. And so, like, I, I want that to be this place where y'all want to bring your friends. And I know some of the more curmudgeonly people in the room right now, you're like, well, I liked my 1130. Well, you know what? Pack this one up, pack the 9 o'clock, and we'll give you your 1130 back. So, man, I really didn't know this would be this many people here today. Should have written something. Uh, today is, uh, we're doing our summer at the movie, summer cinema, what, what? summer cinema deal. In my defense, it was called Summer at the Movies for the first three or four years that we did it. So, and then Hillsong started calling their Summer Cinema, so. Uh, but, I'm kidding. This week we're doing a movie called The Pursuit of Happiness. Uh, have y'all seen it? Raise your hand if you've seen this movie. Oh, man, it's good. Like, it's good. Um, and so, uh, it's, it's, it's an incredible movie. It's, it's a movie about a guy, and his name is Chris Gardner. And this is a true story, and some movies say they're a true story, but they're not. This one really is based on a true story, because I watched the, the like, behind-the-scenes deal. Um, 
And so this guy, he grows up in complete poverty, right? He just has this incredibly difficult life. Grows up in poverty, uh, doesn't meet his dad till he's, uh, till he's well in adulthood. Um, dad leaves the family. Uh, at some point, he's, he, he gets in just all sorts of situations. He's in foster care for most of his life. He's uh, sexually assaulted by a gang member. Um, he finally just, his life is, he doesn't know what else to do, so he goes and joins the Navy. Well, that doesn't work out. So after the Navy, he goes and gets a job selling medical devices. That's a failure. Uh, he, he gets married and divorced. Then he has a, a child by another woman. Then that woman leaves him. Uh, so now he's got a job making no money. He's got a little child that he's trying to take care of. Uh, and the world is just crumbling around this guy, right? Uh, but as the movie goes on, he, he continues to persevere. I'm about to ruin it for you. If you hadn't seen it, you won't need to. And by the way, if you're online watching, and we're going to show clips, you're not going to be able to see him because Disney blocked us. Uh, so finally, I've got a legitimate reason to boycott Disney. <laughs> but so what we'll do is we'll put a little link to the clip out, and you can watch it online. But if you're here, you'll watch it live. So but so, so he goes through all these things, and eventually he gets this good job because he realizes he's good with numbers, and he becomes a stockbroker for this big company, and it is amazing, and it is incredible, and it is beautiful. Roll that clip for me. This is The Pursuit of Happiness. Man, I, I love that movie, and um, there's so many different ways that I could have gone uh, with a message on this movie, and if you've seen it, I mean, you know, like I could have talked about um, the value of hard work, 
that, that you could definitely make a message out of the value of hard work from that movie, and I think that'd be good. I think you could make a message for uh, dads pursuing the heart of their children. Uh, I think that's something, man, I know that like sitcoms and all these things, and every sitcom, the dad is just sort of a, a kind of a dummy who has no real impact on the world. Well, I don't think that's really what fatherhood is supposed to be about. I think men are supposed to pursue the hearts of their children, and I'll, I'll take it a step further. Even if your child doesn't live in your home, you're supposed to pursue that child's heart. Even if the child in your home is not your blood, you're supposed to pursue that child's heart. I believe that's what men are designed to do. And so I think we could do a message on that, and maybe that's a good one for another time. Uh, but I, but I, th I think the message that we're going to do today is, because I think there's something bigger going on around all this, and the message and what I want to hit on today is in the title of the movie, and it's the idea of the pursuit of happiness. And this is something that we talk a lot about, especially in the Western world, the pursuit of happiness. Like, we must pursue the things that make us happy. And people say, as long as you're happy, that's good. And people will tell you, do whatever makes you happy. And McDonald's has a happy meal, because in that box is happiness, right? I mean, really? It's like that big. My burger would be that big if it made me happy. But like, and this is what we begin to believe. That, and when there's all these songs, don't worry, be happy, right? Y'all remember Pharrell's song, I'm happy, da, da, da. that was actually pretty good. But like, there's all these messages from the world that basically tell us, above all else, what's most important is that you are happy. And so that's what we do. We pursue happiness. And there's sort of two ideas about how we can achieve happiness. And, and one of the ideas, and I think the idea that most people fall into this bucket of, is if I have everything I want, then I will be happy. If I have everything I want, I will be happy. If I have all the stuff that I want, if I have everything I need, if I have the right place and the right circumstances and the right people around me, then I will create a condition, and inside that condition, I will experience an emotion called happiness. And dictionary.com defines happiness as uh, contentment and pleasure. And so if I have all the stuff that I want, if I have just the right car, and I'm living in just the right house, and I'm surrounded by just the right people, then I will, I will create such a condition so that I can experience pleasure and contentment. And if I don't have all of those things, then I won't be happy. And guys, I worked in an advertising agency for 10 years. This is how we made our money. Was number one, convincing you that your current life wasn't happy, and then selling you on a life that was. And mainly, car, if you ever, car, every car commercial you've ever seen is to convince you that your car is terrible and this car will make you happy. Right? I mean, that, that's everything. It's, it's you will be happy if you have this. And so I think for most people, we believe that if the right people are around me, I have this, this you know, relationship, and I have this many children, and I have this, uh, this amount of stuff and this amount of money, then I will be happy. Now, there's a deeper train of thought, too, that some other people, it's equally wrong, but it's, it's, it's just deeper. And that is that I will experience happiness as I discover my true self. And so this is why things like the Enneagram are so popular, right? Like, like I will experience happiness when I experience my true self. So I will take this path to self-discovery. And once I discover myself, no matter what self I discover, I will unleash myself on the world, and the world must embrace me and not question me. Otherwise, the world is narrow-minded and evil. Right? Because once I find me, then I'm going to be happy. And if you don't like me, you're standing between me and my happiness. 
And so if I'm rude, if I'm a rude person, it doesn't matter because that's just who I am. I'm going to be rude because I'm going to be happy. How many, you know how many people I've heard say, I'm just the kind of person who says whatever they think. Well, stop. <laughs> stop doing that. But that's just who I am. And if I'm not saying whatever I think, then I'm not happy. Well, by all means then, just don't filter anything. Don't worry about me being unhappy when you run your mouth. Right? I mean, these this are our two lines of thought. One, I will have everything, or I will become, and then I will. If, then I, right? If I have everything, then I. If I am my true self, then I. And that's our mentality. And that's good. There's actually, and I, I want to say this. Uh, if you're here today, and you have not given your life to Christ, then either one of those options I just said are perfectly legitimate for you. I'm not making fun of it. I'm not, I'm not downing. Those are great options for you if you have not given your life to Christ. Then either base your happiness in your true self, whatever that is, or, or, in, or in stuff or in people or in things. That's fair for you. But for those of us in the room who have given our lives to Christ, we're not the owners of self. So we may be under a different measurement of what is supposed to make us happy. If our lives and our stuff and nothing belongs to us, then it might be different for us than it is for someone who is in total control of themselves. And honestly, I believe this, that it's almost our way, for those of us who belong to Christ, it's almost easier for us to maintain happiness than it is for people who don't. Because there's a downside to stuff. And the downside is stuff can be taken. Has anyone ever had anything taken from them? Did anyone steal a bike from me about eight months ago? <laughs> I knew, I knew it was you. All right, good. I mean, just thought I'd catch somebody off guard. That was me, Pastor. But this, I mean, so stuff can change, right? Circumstances can change. And so if, 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 your, if your happiness is based on someone, has anyone ever had someone leave? or go away, or lost. And so these things can happen, right? Stuff can change. Circumstances can change. People can change. Situations can change. And if your happiness and joy are bound by those things, then your happiness and joy can be taken away. And we've seen it. We've seen it. We all know situations where, where this has happened. It's also a downside to basing it on self. Because what, is, what if, you know, you're on this, you're on this little journey to find yourself, and what if somewhere along the way you find some things you don't like? I mean, I, I know as, as I've been on my self-discovery journey, I have found some things about me that I didn't really like or things that weren't all that good, and I'm as surprised as y'all are about that, that there would be things about me that need to change. But I actually found some things, and, and so as, I, as I'm, I found some things in me that didn't line up with this. And if, if God is my authority and God is my king and the Bible is God's word to me and there's all sorts of things in my life that don't line up with this, I don't think I can look at God and say, well, I'm just going to be me. I'm just going to keep saying whatever I want because God's going to say, no, no, you belong to me. And so occasionally we find there's things in us that need to be transformed that can't be transformed by self. Whether it's self or stuff, I think many of us will come to a day in our life where it kind of feels like our life is in the toilet. As a matter of fact, watch this clip right here, and, and uh, then we're going to talk about it, because I think we can all relate to this.
helplessness. And so you've experienced situations like that. And, and, but I think for all of us, we've experienced a situation like that, either physically or emotionally or spiritually. That there was times in our lives where, where we were just holding on to like this last little bit of space and this last little bit of sanity. And the world is beating at the door trying to take that from us. And we just feel like the world is crashing down around us and we don't know what we're going to do. And it's, it's, it's like the room is getting smaller and smaller and smaller. And he's still not coming back. And, and she's still not. And, and, and it's, the job isn't happening and all these things. And the room is getting smaller and smaller and smaller. And we don't know what we're going to do. And the world's banging to take that last little bit. Been there. Maybe you've been there. It's hard. And it's really hard if your happiness is circumstantial. If your joy is based on people or things or self or any of these things, it becomes incredibly, incredibly difficult. And when those days happen, we almost seem surprised. But in John 16, 33, it says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble. In this world, you will have trouble. And if you haven't had that day yet, emotionally or spiritually, let me just tell you, it's coming. We're all going to experience it because in this world, we will have trouble. And the dangers of circumstantial things, the, dan the danger of, of circumstantial happiness, the danger of circumstantial contentment is when we place our, our happiness and contentment in people or things or stuff or self, what happens when those things are picked apart or shredded or gone or something happens is we have the risk of losing hope. And hope is that thing in you that says, no matter what is going on, I feel like it might get better. That when you're facing that moment in that bathroom, that you're believing that something can happen that can actually change my circle, that this moment is not my forever. And those people who have that gift from the Spirit, who understand that the moment in front of you is not your forever moment, there is hope that runs through you. But if it's circumstantial, you can lose the hope. Now, I'm, I told you I was going to ruin the movie. Will Smith, in this movie, he doesn't let go of his hope. He holds on and he keeps going, but he had lots of good reasons to do that. Uh, I mean, for one thing, at some point, his life was just turned flip upside down. In West Philadelphia where he was born and raised. <laughs> See, on the playground, he had spent most of his days. And he was just chilling, maxing, you know, shooting some hoops outside of the school. And then a couple of guys, I'm not going to do the whole thing. But at some point, he gets adopted by this super rich judge. And so he had reason to, and not only that, Will Smith saved the world from aliens on two non-related occasions. He had this little thing that could erase people's memory. He's part robot. He killed a bunch of zombies. He had lots of reasons to maintain his hope. If those things haven't happened for you, then you may need another reason, right, for your life to get flipped, turned upside down. I didn't y'all want to sing? You know you did. I love that song. We got to have more reason than that. Um, at the end of the movie, he gets the job. Shocker, right? Okay. Hollywood, congratulations. Uh, what, what happens when you don't get the job? What happens when she doesn't come back? What happens when, when the doctor doesn't say what you want to hear? What happens when the money's not in the bank? What happens when it's your child? What happens? 
in the moments when it's not a Hollywood ending, what happens to you? It's, it's, I was thinking this week as I was going through that and asking myself those questions, and the first thing I was thinking was, God, I don't know, I don't know if I'm there yet, you know? I don't know if I'm there yet. And I was thinking about happiness and all this kind of stuff, and then God took me back to a verse that he takes me to uh, once every three weeks, I think. It's Matthew 5, 3, and this is where Jesus is talking to a bunch of people, and it's, it's broke people, poor people, diseased people, and all this stuff. And Jesus says, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom in heaven. This is Matthew 5. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure at heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you and they persecute you and they falsely say evil because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. So you know what the Greek translation of the word blessed means? Happy. Happy are you. So Jesus stands in front of this crowd of people who are mourning and people who are in pain and people who have lost jobs and people who are sick. And he says, happy are you for what you're experiencing. Happy are you that, that you hunger and thirst. Happy are you that you're so hurting right now that you know you need me. Happy are you in this moment. And you're like, what are you talking about? And the people standing there would have been like, no, I'm not happy. But Christ wanted us to understand there is a happiness that goes beyond what we see. I used to always tell people, God doesn't want you to be holy. He wants you to be happy. Or God doesn't want you to be happy. He wants you to be holy. And uh, I said that like all the time. God doesn't want to care about your holiness. He cares about your happiness. Because it was cute and it was church cliche and it was alliteration. And so I said it thinking it was good advice. Uh, but I've learned just because something is alliteration doesn't mean it's good advice. God does care about your happiness. He cares about happiness as God defines happiness. There's a passage, it's Jeremiah 29, 11. Jeremiah is a guy from the Old Testament. Kent, my daughter calls him Jeremiah, but he's from the Old Testament. Listen to this. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. Have y'all ever heard this? And you've heard this even if you didn't go to church. And so like at some point in your life, you were in some bad situation and, and something was happening. You're like, God, I know that this situation is going to pass super quick because I know you have plans to prosper me and not to harm me. And God, I know that I can take any passage out of context and apply it to my current situation and you will fix it. Right? So God, I'm just going to pull this one. I know the plans, you're going to prosper me. I'm, God, I'm buying this lottery ticket and it's my last dollar and I should buy, you know, Cheetos, but instead I'm buying this lottery ticket. Because I know you're going to prosper me and not harm me. And God's like, okay. So I did a little research this week just for fun. I went and read the rest of this passage of exactly what was going on with Mr. Jeremiah in chapter 29. Check this out. This is what the Lord says. When 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will come to you and fulfill my promise. What? For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. Then you will call on me and you will pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek with all your heart and I will be found by you. And I will bring you back from captivity. And I will gather you from all the nations where you have been banished to. And I'll bring you back to a place of which I have carried you into exile. What? Doesn't that sound a little different? 
you imagine God, you're God, you know, I just, I really got to get that job. And God says, in 70 years, you will not worry about that job. It's not, it's not exactly the answer I wanted today, God. Do you trust him when it doesn't make sense? Do you trust that he's still God and he's still good when it doesn't happen the way we want it to? Do you have a hope that goes beyond a moment? Or are all of these things based on circumstances and people and things and self? Because if they are, they will all be taken away. But there is a happiness. There is a joy. There is a contentment that the world can never steal because it doesn't belong to the world. I love this, this passage in John 16, 33. This is the rest of the story. He says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble. But take heart, because I overcame the world. Gosh, man. You know who that, I was thinking this week, Jesus says, I have overcome the world. You know who that means didn't overcome the world? Me. It means my stuff, my money, my relationships. Nothing in this world will overcome the world. He has overcome the world. And when my peace is found in him alone, then it changes everything else for me. And it's, it's like, my true self, what does that even mean? I'm trying to find my, the only true me I will ever find is a me completely surrendered to him. Because I'm not truly me unless I'm being transformed into his image. I don't exist to be some broken image of him that's distorted and confusing. I exist to eventually look like him so that when you see me, you see him. My only true me is the image of Christ. That's when I've experienced my true self. Not satisfied because I've got some, because I want to say whatever I want and you just got to deal with it. That's not life. That's not real life. If you want to find satisfaction in your stuff or in your relationships, then all of those things must be surrendered to God. And when those things are surrendered to God, then you begin to find purpose for them. You find meaning in them. And I'm not saying it doesn't hurt when you lose someone. Of course it does. Of course it hurts. I'm not saying that there's, not re there's real pain in this world. I've seen it. I've done two funerals in the last 10 days. There's real pain in this world. But in the midst of that, I have seen people who have faith in a God who overcame the pain of this world. And they don't quit. And they don't stop. And there's something weird and mysterious in them that continues to move forward even when the world is saying lay down because they know a God who overcame the world. And if that's not you today, if that's not you then reevaluate where your priorities are placed. Because there is a day of trouble coming. And Christ alone will stand with you in the storm. If it's not you, the challenge today is really simple. Where is your joy? Where is your happiness? Where is it really? Is it in your job? Is it, is it, is it in your kids? Is it in your, your spouse? Is it in your, your house? Is it in a mouse? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I just became a Dr. Seuss book. <laughs> this is supposed to be the serious part. Where is it? Where is it, man? Where, 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 where's your priority placed? And the one way to find out is check your bank account. That'll tell you. Um, <laughs> yeah. You're like, don't go there. Uh-uh, not today. And if, it's in, if your priorities, if your hope and if your peace and your joy, if they're placed in the wrong place, just... Pray to God that he moves them for you. You can't move this on your own. I, there's not a three-day Bible study we can give you that's going to redo all your priorities and give you peace and hope. That doesn't exist. Christ alone through the power of the Holy Spirit is the only thing possible to transition you like that. The only thing you can do is get out of the way. 
Now, you can get out of the way. You can say, God, I'm getting out of the way. Take me. Uh, teach me. I, God, Because I know that that day of trouble is coming, and I want to be prepared. So, God, just begin to move in my heart in such a way where everything I have belongs to you, where all of my relationships belong to you, where self belongs to you. God, you do this work in me, and I promise you I will get out of your way. And if you know that's not you today, then maybe today's the day. Because there's going to be trouble in this world. But the God who overcame it is madly in love with you. Let me pray. God, I thank you. Lord, I thank you for life. Lord, I, I thank you that we're allowed to be in this place together. Lord, I thank you for full rooms. Wow, that we get to experience this again. For, for one week, for one year, for... It doesn't matter, God. Whatever you want us to do, we'll do it. However you want this to be, it'll be. We trust you. God, I know you have the power and the authority and the desire to take us to such a place where circumstances doesn't define our, our faith and our hope and our peace. God, I also know there are people in this room right now who are dealing with real pain. Pain that, pain that hurts, and it should. I mean, it, it should. You created us to love people. And so, God, I pray for a healing and, and a peace. But, but I pray in the midst of our mourning that we mourn as a people with hope because we see the power of a God who overcame death. And that, God, you stand with us. And, and even in this moment right now, there's just such a peace falling on people. And there's a hope falling on us. It says, this moment is dark, but this moment is not my forever. And that there's something rising up inside of us that says, this isn't right. And it's not right because the world wasn't meant to be this way. But God, one day you will restore this place. And we will see in full what we now only know in part. And so God, between this day and that day, I, I just pray that, that we begin to align our priorities in a place that the world can't take. God, prepare us for that day. Not, not, in a, not in a doomsday sense, not in a morbid sense. We're worried all the time. We're not worried. God, prepare our hearts so that no matter what comes, we might be for the world the image of the God who overcame the pain in this world. We trust you. It's in Christ's name I pray. Amen. You guys stand and worship with us.
recommendations for one. Uh, I've been to them. I go to them on a regular basis. Got no no shame in it at all. Uh, helps me greatly. If there are things in your life that you can't get past, don't be afraid of that. Uh, thank you guys for being here this week, man. Go in the world. Go in the world and show them what happiness looks like. A happiness that the world can't take. Go in peace. See you next week.